Well, I appreciate the remarks a little bit earlier this morning about everyone's a winner. I'd like to think of myself as a winner. I don't know. That's not really the way the world sees it, and I had not thought of that as a good title for this morning's message, but in a way, that's the theme. We're going to be discussing Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. Paul tells us there, in all kinds of tribulations and distresses and conflicts, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So really, the focus is not so much how we can overlook any kind of a conflict and just, just title everyone a winner, but how exactly can we experience what Paul is describing in Romans 8.37? The answer, of course, has a lot to do with the love of Christ. And whatever conflict you may be in today, how to experience that conquering, that victory, it comes through love. So that's our theme for today. The world addresses conflict in a lot of different ways. I recall when I was a teenager, I had a great opportunity to work a job they referred to as detasseling. I think maybe a few of you would know what that is. I don't have time right now to explain other than to say it's very demanding. Uh, The most physically taxing job I ever worked. There's a very, very short time period in the season when you can do detasseling out in a cornfield and it's sun up to sundown every single day, sun up to sundown, 5 o'clock in the morning till whenever the sun goes down, and then you go to sleep, you do the whole deal again the next day. Really hard. Our crew chief in that particular job was a man that for some reason was always called Beetle. I have no idea why. Everybody called him Beetle. He had served in Vietnam, and he acted like he had never left. He was, <laughs> he was a drill sergeant, this guy, Beetle. And if anybody ever complained about the conflict, how hot it was or how we never got any breaks or there was no water or anything like that, without fail, he would reply, he would say, wah, 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 I want my milk and cookies. And then we would all just go back to work. (laughs) So from now on, I plan to introduce that in my classes that I teach. You want to complain about the work, that's the new reply. But that's the way that the world sometimes faces conflict. We all have conflicts of various uh, kinds, and sometimes we just grit our teeth and push through, and we fight, and we fight harder. And in a way, you know what the world does is add more conflict to the conflict, looking for resolution. I recall another opportunity I had to work in a corporate office environment in, in the world, in the business world, and that was cutthroat. That was cutthroat. It wasn't physically taxing, but wow, people there were motivated to succeed, and they didn't care who they had to run over. Competition. So it's kind of like this in the world. If there's any tension, you have a problem with me, well, then I have a problem with you. And one of us is going to win, and it's going to be me. In that kind of a situation, there might be one winner, but there's definitely going to be two losers. You might prove your point, but at what expense, you see? So what Paul's describing in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, is not that kind of conquering. The conquering where I come out on top, I prove my superiority at the loss of a a friendship, a relationship, a ministry opportunity, and I prove you to be wrong, and you have lost because I have won. It can't be that kind of conquering that we're talking about. Let's read the text, can we? Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. 
Sure, let's do this. Let's all stand together and uh, let's read it aloud all together. Romans 8.37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What I'd like to do this morning in this brief time is to zero in on that phrase, more than conquerors, and bring out some explanation regarding what that means, what it implies, and how we can apply it to our lives. All right, thanks. Please be seated. More than conquerors. Interestingly enough, it's a phrase in our text. It's really one word. In the original language there, a compound word. Super victor. I think you could probably legitimately read that word. A super victor. We are more than conquerors. I don't know if the English phrase expresses that exactly, but what exactly is a more than conqueror? It's not saying so much we are more than conquerors. We're not exactly conquerors. We're more than that. We're something else. It's saying we are more than conquerors. We are conquerors of another kind, super conquerors, super victors. So just three points, three observations this morning. How is that idea revealed? It's revealed in conflict, and it's revealed in conquest, and finally it's revealed in Christ. Revealed in conflict, revealed in conquest, revealed in Christ. This idea of a super conqueror, first of all, is revealed in conflict. Notice Paul says, in all these things. You know it's in the conflict that the love of Christ is revealed in a Christian. And whatever is being implied here, that's when it comes out. If you're hoping and praying to be a more than conqueror in Christ, you're going to have to have conflict. Troubles, distresses, persecutions, nakedness, famine, peril, sword, oppression by spiritual forces all described in this passage. It's in the conflict that the super conquering is revealed. I think of it this way. I don't know if my explanations are really valid. Probably not. But I think of what this kind of a conqueror means in any kind of of a spiritual conflict is described here. Maybe it could relate to the way that we use the prefix super in our English language. I'm sorry, this is what comes to my mind first thing. We know what a man is. A regular average man. He can do certain things and other things he cannot do. Well, if you're a comic book fan, you've heard of Superman. Superman. He's like a man, he's a man, but so much more, you see, on a whole other level. And isn't he the one who's able to leap tall buildings in a single bound? Isn't that the one? Superman. Faster than a something. I can't remember. He's faster than everything. He's <laughs> Superman. If you want to go buy some food, you go to a store that sells food, and you might refer to that as a market. But what if your shopping list is longer? You not only need to buy some bread and milk, you need to buy some toothpaste and some socks as well. Then you want to find the supermarket. It's like a market, but so much more. (laughs) We're having a little fun, but you know, I think it's fair to say that this kind of conqueror, he's a conqueror, but on another level. Another level. In the conflict, this Christian person who finds himself in the love of Christ, he's going to conquer He's going to win, but it's a whole other level. This Christian conqueror, this super conqueror, is not a victim of circumstances because he's right next to the victor. He doesn't give in to temptation because he's walking with Christ, the one who faced every kind of temptation yet without sin. 
This kind of Christian, the super conqueror, is not one who revels in self-pity because he's winning. There's no need for it. He's not bound up by worry. What's going to happen next? I just can't see the future. I can't see ahead. The next day, the next week, he's not bound by worry. He's not swayed by human pressure and opinion. Not what directs his thinking and actions. And finally, this kind of a victor, this super conqueror, does not react to other people because there is no sense of threat. Here's a quote from a commentator. J.G. McKenzie said this, quote, The true Christian way of living, the true Christian joy in living, comes to us not in spite of tribulation, disappointment, or even sin, but because of these conflicts. He says, We have something left over when life and death have done their worst. The true Christian way of living comes not in spite of troubles and conflict, But in them, in all these things, Paul said, we are more than conquerors. So we see that kind of super conquering revealed in conflict. We see it also revealed in conquest. And what I want to point out here is just another small nuance of the word. It's it's the the, the Christian person who's going to win in any kind of conflict, like the the list that's given here. Tribulate, verse 35, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril. Or sword. You know, we have Christian friends right now in places like Myanmar facing exactly that kind of conflict. A list that's representative of all kinds of conflict. But you and I today, we might not be facing that exact conflict, but we are in a conflict. And Paul goes on, verse 37, in all these things, verse 39, any other creature, anything at all, can't separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. A conqueror on a whole other level, revealed in the kind of conquest, the kind of conquest. So a super conqueror is a victor no matter what in any kind of circumstance, but he's a, he's a victor on a whole other level. Let me say it like this. It's a foregone conclusion. Whatever the spiritual conflict may be that you're facing today, and by the way, you are. You are immersed in spiritual conflict. If you're thinking to yourself that spiritual conflict is something that you might face at some time, but not really right now, you are deceived. You are in spiritual conflict, and it may be that you're not a super conqueror in it because you're not aware of it. Whatever the conflict may be that you're facing right now, this text tells us super conquering, super victor. I'm sorry if I keep saying this. I want you to get this idea. It's not just barely fighting through, barely getting by. It's on a whole other level. There's not even a question who's going to win and who's going to lose. When Jesus faced up with Satan and his temptation, was there some question? Was there some heavenly doubt? Were the angelic chorus, the angelic armies looking down and saying, I don't know. Who do you think's going to win? I'm not sure. Of course not. There was no chance. Jesus wasn't going to lose. It wasn't a possibility. Now again, I ask your pardon. I have to tell you illustrations that I'm familiar with, so I'm sharing personal stories that I hope you can just take some principles from. I recall some of the lessons I learned in high school athletics, learned a lot of good things. Uh, One game in particular comes to my mind. There was a time when we were, our team, our basketball team, 
was scheduled to play another team that was outside of our conference, which is a little bit unusual. Usually you stick to your league or your conference. So we were scheduled to play this other team at their home gym. And they were, let's say it like this, they were out of our league in actuality and also metaphorically. We didn't think a lot about it at the beginning of the season, but as, the, you know, as that team got closer, we on, on our team, we began to look ahead and we began to learn some things about what we were getting into. I don't know what our athletic director was thinking. I honestly, to this day, don't know. But the situation was that team was looking for someone to schedule for their homecoming night. That was their homecoming game. I don't know if you follow high school athletics or not. Homecoming's a big deal. It's going to be the, the highest attendance of the regular season. There's you know, presentations and this and that, lots of stuff going on. And when you're looking to schedule a team to play you in your home gym on homecoming night, you're not trying to find somebody who's going to give you a good contest. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. So they found us. <laughs> they looked outside of their regular... Uh, you know, schedule. Okay. Well, we began to learn this, this, this team's record for that season. It was something like 15 and one. They had barely even lost at all that season. And then we discovered the star player on their team, the captain of their team was Mr. Basketball in Indiana. That might not mean anything to you, but first of all, basketball is kind of a minor religion in the state of Indiana. (laughs) Second, this title, Mr. Basketball, is given to whoever they consider to be the best high school basketball player in the state in that given year. So we found that out, and we thought, well, this is great. What? (laughs) This This is perfect. Do you know they retired that guy's jersey that night at halftime? which is ridiculous. You don't retire jerseys in high school. It's not done. (laughs) So we got to see all kinds of special stuff. We we saw a jersey retirement ceremony. It was great. So we're getting closer to this game and thinking, now do you think that there was anybody in that gym that night? It was a big gym. It was full. It was loud. Do you think there was a single person in there who was wondering, I wonder who's going to win? Not a one. Not a one. That team knew they were going to win. We knew they were going to (laughs) win. Their fans knew they were going to win. Our fans knew they were going to (laughs) win. We had a big representation of our fans that traveled to that game. They wanted to see that team play. (laughs) You might think there's a twist ending to this story. I'm going to tell you somehow, miraculously, we... No. No. No, there's not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. It was, it was obvious. To be honest with you, we were not really playing to win. We were just trying not to make fools out of ourselves. That's all we And I don't even know if we succeeded at that. <laughs> Foregone conclusion. Okay, so this is my poor illustration. I am having a little fun telling the story, but I hope you can see what we're talking about here. There was not even, there was not even a question. Not even a question, who was going to win and who was going to lose in that conflict. What Paul's telling us, a super conqueror, a more than conqueror in all these things that look to us like a serious threat on the human level. We have to rise above for just a second and look at it from the heavenly perspective and see that in Christ it's not even a chance. It appears to be a threat. It's not a threat. 
What's the worst that could happen? This danger, this conflict takes my life, I go to heaven. We're on a whole different level. And finally, my third point, in Christ. So we see what this means and how this plays out. This idea of more than conqueror. In the conflict is when it's revealed. In conquest, on a whole other level, finally, in Christ. And really, this is the key point, I think, of the passage. This has a lot to do with the love of Christ. This entire uh, last portion of this chapter has to do with the love of Christ. Nothing is going to separate us from the love of Christ. It is love that wins in the conflict that we're in. It is love that wins, not hate, not more energy, not more struggle, not adding conflict to conflict. It is love that will conquer. Think of the strategy of Jesus Christ, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, who when we were sinners demonstrated his love toward us, who when he was resisted by so many, even of his own who received him not, were pushing him away, pushing him away. He opened his arms wide in love and pulled them in. And that's how he won. That's how he was able to say upon the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It was love that won in his case. A sacrificial death that turned his enemies into his friends. And that, I believe, is right at the core of what Paul is teaching us here. It's love that is on a whole other level of conquering. Not fighting till I prove you wrong and me right. Loving until we're friends with one another and friends with God. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus told us. That team I just told you about, so much better on such a a different level than our team was. Of course they won. And the way I'm telling the story, you might expect that those guys on that team were really smug, obnoxious, mean. They were not. Nicest guys we ever faced the whole season. The teams we played that were more on our level, some of them played dirty, used a lot of foul language, certainly weren't friendly. These guys were friendly. Just as nice as you can, if we ever managed to pull off a decent play, nice job, nice shot. So friendly, so gracious, before the game, after the game. You know why? Because they were super conquerors, there was no sense of threat. They weren't threatened by us, just as friendly as could be. Glad you're here. We're really glad you're here. <laughs> super nice. This guy, this guy he, Mr. Basketball, his name was John. He was signing autographs, just as friendly, for our fans. <laughs> That was, a, that was a little too much. That was, I didn't need to see that, this guy signing autographs after the game. Come on now. That's very kind, gracious. And if I can make the relation to the biblical text here, loving. Loving, okay? We didn't leave that court enemies. To some degree, we left friends. They beat us, but they won us over. Now, Paul's the one who's writing this text. 
in all these things, he says, through the love of Christ, we can win. We can win every single time in any kind of conflict and in, in a way that there's not even a doubt as to who's winning. He wrote these words. Did Paul ever live that out, do you think? Did he know what he was talking about? Did he experience that? I'm thinking of Acts chapter 16. Here's Paul and Silas beaten in jail unjustly. And what are they doing? Certainly not calling for a lawyer. Singing praises to God. Showing love. They won over the jailer. They won over the family. And they won over the city. And then the next day, listen to me now. Looking at you guys who got your eyes closed right now. Listen. The next day, they mentioned their rights. They started with love and sacrifice in that conflict. And the next day, they pointed out the rights. When the rights would serve the cause of Christ and protect others, they mentioned their rights. Not a whisper of their rights when they were being beaten. Not a whisper. And it brings to mind the example of Jesus, doesn't it? Who himself pointed out to us, don't you think I could pray my father at any moment and he would send me a legion of angels? Not a word. Love first. I'm afraid we get the order reversed. We want to talk about our rights. I'll be friendly with you. I'll show love and graciousness, but let's discuss my rights first. I need fair treatment. Then we can love. It's not the biblical pattern, not Paul's pattern, not the pattern of Jesus. In the conflict that you're in, it's love that's going to win. What's going to make you a super conqueror? What an encouraging verse. We want, to, we want to frame that, write that out. We need to hang it up on our wall in all these things. We are more than conquerors. What's the pathway? What's the access? It's love. It's love. If you find yourself struggling, reacting, you're not in a position of love. Presenting your rights over and over again. You're not in a position of love. Love comes first. Sacrifice first. Then rights. It is love that will win in the sense that love will draw in those who were your enemies and the enemies of God. Here's a quote by somebody, uh, W.B.J. Martin. Another commentator said this, quote, Hate can make a man a conqueror. Hold on. You awake? He said, hate can make a man a conqueror. Hate can fill him with furious energy, but only love can make him more than conqueror. Now, you've heard stories, I'm sure, stories of people who suffered in the cause of Christ, suffered for the Lord, and they said, I wouldn't have traded a moment of it. I could name names. You can think of names right now. Just this morning, I was reading again a story about Amy Carmichael ministering in India as a missionary, and she had reached hundreds, hundreds of uh, children, mostly, and uh, girls had reached them for Christ, and her ministry had been fruitful. And yet one morning in 1930, she was praying, and she was asking God, do whatever it takes to show your love in a greater way through me. It was literally that same day she suffered a fall and a fracture that stayed with her for the rest of her life. And that injury, in the text that I was reading, said uh, 
She chose not to respond in bitterness, but in acceptance of God's plan for her. And that injury was what God used to change the focus of her ministry so that she began to reach thousands of people around the world through love. Now, where are you at today? You're in conflict, I can tell you that, conflict of some kind. But there's a difference, a broad difference between being in conflict and in the love of Christ in conflict. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, first of all, for the example of Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, but he loved us, the Bible says, and gave himself for us. And that's all we want to do today. We want to love and to give ourselves for others. I know students here, they're feeling pressures of all kinds right now. And Lord, would you inspire us and fill us with your love right now, today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.